Hello, I'm Toby. I like Doctor Who, and I'm about to watch a story chosen for me by a friend with the aim of mining it for positives in order to guess what their favourite things about this particular adventure are. So join me, watch along with me if you like, or just listen as I chat to you, offer facts, opinions and observations, but mainly try to get us to those special planes that Doctor Who takes us to, those happy times and places. Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a chance to sit and watch Doctor Who alongside me, Toby Hado, as I gas on. So who's my special guest this time around? Uh, hello, Toby, and incidentally, hello to all of you at home. Uh, my name is Tom Burgess. I'm arguably a comedian, and to one audience that really sticks out in my memory, passionately, arguably not. Um, but fortunately, the world being what it is at the moment, it seems unlikely I'll ever be able to gig to them again. Um, now, I'm recording this message for you entirely on location, because the story I've picked for you to watch, Toby, is the Sontaran Experiment. Um, and the reason I've chosen this one really is that it's the first Doctor Who story of the original run I ever saw back in 1998 on VHS. I was six years old, um, and I think even if it hadn't been coupled up with Genesis of the Daleks in that double video pack, um, I still would have come out of it a huge fan. I think it's really easy to take a two-part story for granted, especially when it's sandwiched between two of the all-time greats, but there's loads to enjoy in it. Uh, and to make that point even clearer, um, I'm actually going to tell two things per episode I love. Uh, so you're going to have five things in total. Um, see if you can manage that. Best of luck! Welcome back to my gaff. It's going to be episode two of the Sontaran Experiment. It'll be torture. <laughs> Quiet at the back. Press play now. Um, interesting, I was musing about the, I haven't had time to look it up, the Rodney Bennett and Grange Hill thing. I know there was a reason, uh, I'd either th thought it was the case and discovered it wasn't the case. And it's a terrible thing when, when I've interviewed people now, uh, I, you know, cause I used to, I'd read this, I'd, I'd read Doctor Who magazine. I'd watch these things. I'd soak up this stuff and commit it to memory. That's why I know that Glyn Jones is Glyn Johns in, uh, in the Doctor Who episode guide in Doctor Who magazine for this particular issue. Um, but when you're interviewing somebody, you, you've got your eye on everything, on the next question, on making sure it's all recorded. Uh, that actually, I, I don't take any of it in when I'm doing the interview. Then I hate listening to myself afterwards. So I think there's probably stuff, if you've listened to my podcasts, you probably know more about what the people who made it think than I do. Um, now, it's a it is a very good mask. I prefer the Lynx mask because I like the bristle. I like the closeness of it to his skin, and it, uh, it, it's a it's a better fix to Kevin Lindsay's face. And I like the the, the prickly beard that he has. But this is this is a good mask. The go look. It's, a, it's like the golem, as uh, 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 you look the same, except you you don't because. The actor who played you had breathing difficulties with the last mask, so we've made a one that's a bit airier. Um, 
identical. No, I'm not. <laughs> Nor red. I mean, it's not as bad as the invasion of time, where the, the same Sontaran looks different between studio sessions. Stall has a must, almost a moustache in 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 one set of studio sessions and not in the other. Um, no, no, in the in the OB sessions, he has a different. He's got different makeup. Um, but I, I I remember in the book. Harry thinks that Style looks like the Gollum, and I, I, I get that. Uh, oh, poor old Roth. It's sort of he served his purpose, and he's, and he, oh, he's killed. But I love that. Why did you make that disagreeable noise? And and, and that sort of bluntness is 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 horrible. And the what does he say? The moron was of no fun. <laughs> so he's actually he is he is quite mean, but he's quite deadpan with his meanness. And I love the way he holds her face. Yeah, when well, he does that, he treats her like a sort of specimen. Uh, and Kevin Lindsay as Steyer is great. I mean, he's a, he's off the back of playing Lynx, which is one of the very best uh, man in a monster costume performances in the whole of Doctor Who, I think. Uh, but we'll come to that when we talk about the Time Warrior at some point. Um, <laughs> I love his reaction to this. <laughs> he's not no not very happy to see you <laughs> he's brilliant he's such a, uh, a a sort of gleeful troublemaker obtuse i he's i love yeah i've said it three times now. obtuse is the new verisimilitude you heard it here first folks um and I, yes, I now I didn't quite understand in the book. The book is quite a sort of sweaty, headachey affair with lots of sort of parched throats and uh, people, st you know, stumbling about blindly. He's, he's very visceral, Ian Marta, when he writes the books, which I, I found quite unpalatable as a youngster. I preferred them to be slightly sort of easier to experience. I, I found his books a bit much and there were ones I had to sort of take a run up to Uh Give me a break. I started reading them quite quite early, but I've, I definitely found the Terence Dix ones more accessible than the than the Malcolm Hulks and, cer and, and, and certainly the Ian Martyrs. Um, um, uh, but but I remember I, rem I, I remember how he, he fleshed out in the book. But I I was too young to get that the the prisoner, this prisoner here, played by Brian Ellis. Oh yeah, but Peter Walsh and. Terry Walsh, and you've got Brian Ellis, who is in Mask of Mandragora, also directed by Rodney Bennett. Uh, which, uh, 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 but he's also, but in Revenge of the Cybermen, in a couple of stories' time, there is Brian Grellis. So you've got Brian Ellis, Brian Grellis, Peter Walsh, Terry Walsh. It's, it's, there are only a certain amount of names to go around. Um, that nobody's actually told this prisoner to be South African, though. I suppose it doesn't really matter. He's, uh, he's, he, but I, and that's only just occurred to me. It's never bothered me before, um, and it's really horrible. This, but I, you see, I thought Roth had been sort of g g baked by the laser gun and and sort of left to die, and that was who that was who Harry had found. I I, I hadn't picked up on the fact that he was an. I, I I read a lot of the. It was only when I came to the books the second time round um, that I understood all of them because i was reading stuff that was above my reading age but that's okay i still had a great time uh, and i learned stuff and i learned some stuff that was wrong uh, uh, but then i went back to them because you know doctor who rewards uh, repeat visitings which is why this is probably the 
for what, 20, 21st, 22nd time I've seen this? That seems bizarre, isn't it? I've never read The Mill on the Floss, but I've seen the Sontaran experiment over 20 times. <laughs> and you know what? I don't care. It's whatever gets you through this life. And Doctor Who's got me through thick and thin. I like Kevin Lindsay's diction because he was an Australian. Uh, and he's an Australian doing RP, which gives him this slightly pinched kind of because he's trying to f slightly flatten out his. Uh, well, he's yeah, he's he, yeah, he's trying to uh, sort of anglicise his uh, his colonial his own his colonial <laughs> But but you know yeah, he's, instead of being uh, you know Australian, he's uh, he's sort of flattened them out a bit and gone them. The moron was of no feather, so it's slightly pinched, uh, and it and it works, and it gives the Sontarans, well, I mean, it's certainly better than Derek Denman in Invasion of the Time, who is a, a an avowed Cockney, uh, and uh, and Clinton Green in uh, Two Doctors. I would dearly love to kill you, Doctor. Is very Welsh, um, uh, very good. Uh, force field acting here by and just that very simple sound effect and the and the modulation of the sound effect. The fact that it gets more intensity pushes. It is just a lovely, simple way of selling that illusion. Well done, everybody. Knock his belly head off. <laughs> oh, she looks. Oh, she's so good. Um. And I love all these. I love these rocky outcrops that they've got. And again, because I think they planned to have some interiors, didn't they? I think a hut for the for for the for the gal set guys, and perhaps the inside of the spaceship. I, I know they wanted some interiors, but instead they've just sort of built it all into the into the landscape. And why not? Why wouldn't Steyer get his his space telly out of his ship so he can just you know he can have it at a, at an important vantage point or whatever. And again, this is this is very clever use of resources because yes, the Sontarans are identical. So you've got Kevin Lindsay playing both characters, um, which makes up for the fact that he's barely in episode one. He, it's it's weird. I've seen him in the odd episode of Zed Cars and things like that. I remember, um, I remember seeing something advertised saying Robert Lindsay stars in. And I was like, oh, Robert. And, and, and so for, for ages, Robert Lindsay and Kevin Lindsay were slightly interchangeable for me. But of course, they're very different beasts. Um, I've seen Kevin Lindsay in sort of things like Zed Cars and stuff. Um, uh, and, and, and he's a, you know, he's a sort of, he's a, he's a character actor of the, of the time. He did, he, he was a milkman in an advert as well, wasn't he? He had quite a famous advertising campaign. But I think this was his last job. He, he was... He died in 1975. Um, I think a couple of months after this was broadcast. Um, in fact, I think Elizabeth Sladen said that it was when they were recording Pyramids of Mars that, that, that the news came through that he died. Um, that's a good snake for a, for a very short effect. Um, and Kevin Lindsay's partner was Trevor Bentham who, you won't find this in any Doctor Who magazines, who was the 
stage manager of the Royal Court Theatre. I only, I think he was the stage manager of the Royal Court Theatre. Is that right? Um, who later became the partner of the actor Sir Nigel Hawthorne. Uh, and when Nigel Hawthorne died, it was it was terrible because they were a, a, a gay couple. But I think it it predated civil partnerships, or certainly there was a, there was an inheritance issue. And Trevor Bentham, I think, had to sell up their property that they'd lived in together as a couple because of archaic and silly laws. Um, thankfully, we've moved on, and that's relatively recent history. Elizabeth Sladen did all of that fear brilliantly. Barry Letts said, didn't he, when, when she auditioned, she, lots of actresses were good at being scared and lots of actresses were good at being brave. And she was scared whilst being brave. And that's a very good uh, summation of, what, of, of, of the attitude that she brings to it, which really helps with, with the drama all the time, is that she's gutsy it, it, in, in spite of the fact that she's terrified. So my brothers and sister were wrong. I mean, they were young as well. Um, uh, but they were wrong. Um, I do quite like the little spin that he does. And then it's the same shot, isn't it? Uh, uh, he actually reacts early to that gunshot, but I think it was the same shot as when he shot Roth. Um, worm. And I think that was the advert break on Super Channel. So again, I didn't really get that, that shot of his, uh, of, of, of the doctor's body, because uh, it was sort of, you know, turned into the caption. So those bits all came quite late to me. Uh, I remember my copy of Mordrin Undead for some reason. It had the opening titles of episode one, but then didn't have the, the, the first shot. It sort of it was a funny jump, but I didn't know. And it was only, again, years and years later that I realised I'd been missing the first three seconds of it or whatever. Um, now, oh, come on, Viral, don't give yourself away. Um I mean, Donald Douglas does a very good job with that. Donald Douglas is an excellent actor. Um, Bridget Jones, he's in the Bridget Jones movies. He lives in France. Uh, he was in Poldark. There's a, there was a lovely thing, I was going to say recently, but it was probably 20 years ago, um, where, because he and Robin Ellis, who played Poldark in Poldark, I think both live in the same vicinity, and there's a bit where he, Donald Douglas sort of surprised him in character. Um... For, for a thing, maybe it was for a, a, a launch of something poldarky, but that, that was that was quite nice that they they, they live the same place. But I, I was lucky. I um, I'm on the I'm on the Blu-ray of this um, because I'm cheap and available, I think. And there was a gap, uh, and I was helping them out. Um, so I was able to do a who's round with Donald Douglas when he was interviewed for. I mean, I just basically asked him when he came in and I was asked, I okayed it with Ed Stradley, who directed the documentary, because Donald Douglas was high on my list because he's had such an illustrious career. Um, he's in, is it the ABC murders of the Poirot that he's in? Um, he's in all sorts of stuff. He was even Ruth's hot dad in EastEnders. Remember Ruth? Uh, uh, Mark Fowler's wife? Um G, I used to, I used to say, I used to practice that. I am Field Major Steiner of the Sultana G Three Military Assessment Service. I used to, I used to say that. I used to practice. I used to, I used to play. I used to play. I used to act. I used to, yes, play act. I, I would, I would. My, my idea of fun was to fantasize about playing, playing a doctor. You know, being, being an a, a Doctor Who actor. 
it's pretty grim, isn't it? It's, I mean, what I said about Philip Hinchcliffe wanting muscular storytelling. I know this season was, you know, um, uh, influenced by the commissioning and all that sort of thing of, 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 of the previous regime. But you can tell, you know, you, you can't imagine Barry Letts and Terence Dix having this amount of torture um, uh, and this amount of sort of gutsiness, the, the, the sort of gutsiness that Holmes and Hinchcliffe bring that I, th I think really works. I, I, and I remember all of this stuff was the stuff that when I was younger was, was uh, um, it, it, it didn't disappoint me in the way that stuff from other eras did it, it it matched or exceeded my uh my imaginings um and i think that's because you know all of hinchcliffe's productions are pretty good and and and, and holmes now knows as a script editor i think just keeps character and incident and little additions to the script that just keep it interesting or keep it real or or, or, or keep it uh, keep it inventive there's a there's a lot of attention to detail world building um up to you lump of filth <laughs> they look great they look really spaced out these guys <laughs> And he's quite a genial-looking fellow now, Peter Walsh. I've not met him. I, I, I was too late um, when they interviewed him for the Blu-ray, but I'm glad they got him. Um, so otherwise, because if I do him, I would have got... I, I would have done all three astronauts. <laughs> that, well, take that out of context. I've done all three astronauts. Because um, I've met all three astronauts from Mission to the Unknown. It's amazing. This, I've been so... I love this scene, they. Uh, um, I mean, he is, he is destroying the, the, the android, which is quite sad. But it's not sad because I think the android is... is I mean, I, if they'd done it in CSO, it wouldn't have worked. It would have stood out a mile. I don't even know if you could do, you could do CSO on location, it, it, but it would have looked awful. So, you know, the decision not to do CSO, I suppose, helps. But I, I, I think the spindly legs on, on an obvious track, it's... Uh, I, I, yeah, but I'm supposed to be accentuating the positive. But I, I so I, so it's it's. I, I was going to say we feel a bit sorry for the android. We shouldn't really feel sorry for the android. It's supposed to be a terrifying thing that captures and kills people. Um, but Tom Baker does that beautifully. Um, uh, and of course, Tom Baker broke his collarbone in this, which is why. Often, when he's charging about, it's Terry Walsh. Good job he was there to play Zake. Um, but um, and you can you can sort of tell. But they make a good they make a good stab of uh, seeing as their leading man's fallen down a ravine. And Roger Murray Leach, the designer, who I've also interviewed. God, I'm a ball. Um, I'm so. I'm, it amazes me my, that my, if I said those things, I'm a largely disappointed man. But if I'd said any of those things I've just said to you about meeting all of these people and uh, being in their vicinity, and uh, you know, my ten-year-old self would have been elated, stuck in the middle of nowhere, dreaming of, you know, I, I'm, my uncle was once in a lift with Tom Baker, and I thought, because my uncle 
um, uh, he was my is my exciting uncle. He lived in London and, and uh, he's an editor and so far away from any of the rest of us. The only only one that had any sort of media stuff about him at all. He was once in a lift with Tom Baker and I was amazed he was so blasé about it. So hang on, why why isn't this the best story you've ever told anybody? He's he's got a real bluntness about him as well. He he doesn't he doesn't he's not always sort of glittery Tom Baker. He can sometimes very you know just do it a very straightforward delivery. Not used to Earth gravity. He's got such a brilliant face. Inspired casting. He is Doctor Who. Uh, but. Of course, and and I think I think Roger Murray Leach said that you know Tom Baker was really worried because he's not long into the role, they they haven't they haven't made many episodes with him, so you know if he's unable to do it, uh, recast. Thank goodness they didn't. And I've broken a collarbone, and thank God he had this big coat and the scarf. I mean that's the beauty of you know that's that it's that sort of I love that Shakespeare in love. Thing with Jeff, with Jeffrey Rush keeps going. It'll work, why? Well, because it just does. You know that that you the show goes on. The show must go on. You, uh, 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 and 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 part of the joy of creativity is is it all goes wrong, and sometimes you manage to make a good show, and sometimes because of the disasters you make a better show. I don't think, I don't think, T Tom Baker breaking his collarbone helps. Sontaran experiment, but I certainly think they uh, they they cover it very well, um, uh, and especially as this 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 major fight at the end, ni neither of the two main characters uh, are played by the actors that that played them. It's two stunt doubles because Kevin Lindsay had collapsed during the Time Warrior. Discovered he'd got a heart condition, uh, and so he wasn't allowed to exert himself uh, too much, and that was the heart condition that sadly killed him. Yeah, I think a couple of months after this was broadcast. How sad! Um, and that's pretty the the shattered the the crushing of the ribcage of the guy that helped him uh, is uh, is is pretty grim as well. The sort of torture element is very much the. You know, the very much the the Robert Holmesy, Philip Hinchcliffe muscular storytelling. Uh, a nice touch for me and Marta there to cl close his eyes uh, as he tries to open the door because you don't know he would worry that it it it, it this is it would blow, this is a good uh, this is a nice bit where the Doctor jumps on Star and knocks him over. Ow! Because there's you know big rocks flying about there and. Uh, and, and Terry Walsh actually doesn't do a bad job of mimicking the Doctor's gate that's been imposed upon Tom Baker. Vural, I think, could get a better death. Uh, that's just... Uh, and, and I think that's why they really emphasise it later. Um, which goes, Vural's d dead? He saved your life. They make quite a meal of it, of, of, of just going... You know that bit where Vural sort of felt... got pushed over? He died. Uh, whereas in the... Uh, in the book, I think he falls down a great big ravine or crevasse, or he's, yeah, he's chucked down a chasm, I think. Um, and, that, and that's a shame, because uh, I think I, I like Donald Douglas, and I think he deserved uh, a, a better send-off. 
Yeah, there we are. Uh, now he's got a great quality there, Tom, because he's sort of going, I know, he's, he's, he refuses to be sentimental, but he's not, he's not glib. I think he does get a bit glib sometimes later on. I'm thinking of Varsh in full circle, but I think he's just like... Um, uh, I remember that the, the, I remember being quite, quite rather liking the fact they'd gone to the effort to deflate Steyer's head, but I remember this was on the Tom Baker years, wasn't it? And I think it actually they have him actually laughing in the corner. And I remember when I watched this at my friend Mark's house, Mark and I shared a flat. Uh, his mate Steve was round, and Steve was really cool. Steve's in a band. Uh, and that bit, and Steve's not ill disposed to Doc Two. I think he thinks it's sort of, yeah, it's retro, it's all right, isn't it? Uh, but he th he thought that was awful. And I was like, so when you see Doc Two through the eyes of other people, um, I've said it before. You know, we we see body horror where some people see sellotape. Um, and oh, and I like the fact that you get the sort of arc in spacey music back at the end of this. It's a nice little tie-in. Uh, but because in the book, I think you get you get a load of time with Harry going through, don't you, through the through through the spaceship, um, and there's millions of Sontarans rather than than the two. And of course, yes, this is a two-parter, so I think this is a very perfunctory ending. But you always sort of forgave it because you go, well, it's only fifty minutes long. You can't tell a very complicated story in fifty minutes. Oh, how things have changed. He's that sort of playful. Uh, that sort of ghost of a smile that crosses his face. He's, um, but but I I'm I'm I, I mean if you can deflect an alien invasion just by telling a fairly thin fib, <laughs> uh, you know I don't think the Earth's ever going to be in any trouble at all. Um, I you know I I am not sure if the Sontarans have gone to all that trouble torturing people which is that i mean that is that is pretty horrible um uh yeah yeah if 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 after they've gone to all that trouble just 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 some bloke they've got no idea who he is looks <laughs> looks ridiculous i like this ending just just comes and goes just don't bother invading you go call off the invasion leds um i don't know what that was um I, 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 and I like the ending. The, the ending's as witty and fun as as the arrival, which is a nice, which brings it full circle. What a jolly breeze! There's a mixture of stuff there because it is quite a jolly and economical story that sort of, you know, flies by. But it's got it's got the grimness to it as well, as well as the lightness of touch brought by uh, uh, the, the performances of the of the regulars. Um, what's good in it? good uh, but what to choose is slightly more difficult because there's not there aren't lots of different places and locations there's not much for you know not much uh, variety in the cast um, so I will have a think um, about what I've also got to think about what because we're even Stevens as well but oh and I've got to choose now I, I just have to choose uh, another two. Is that the rules? I, this is so early on in this podcast because I get them to choose a bonus one, but what's the bonus one for? It's just to make it another one. Do I... Does that help me or does that help them? Uh, so I will choose... No, so I think... 
yeah, I think it gives a, ch- a, a chance to change the score just at the end. I don't know. Um, so I will choose. Um, I think I, I, the, the, I think the, 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 the torture stuff, which I think is, you know, it's sort of, it's bringing quite a gutsy element to Doctor Who, and they do it well because I don't think it's gratuitous and I don't think it's horrible unless you think about it. Uh, and that's what Doctor Who does at its best, where 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 actually your mind does a lot of the, the damage. Uh, and 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 um, style, Kevin Lindsay, mixture of mask and performance. Um, is that quite a boring thing for me to choose? I'm, I'm, I tend to choose actors. Um, is there any other any other? Um, yeah, no, I will choose the the torture. The, 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 yeah, the plot element of the, the, the torture and and Kevin Lindsay and Steyer just as a Steyer just as a whole, as a whole package. What has my friend Tom chosen? Hello again, Toby. Uh, well, you've watched the Sontaran experiment, and in the meantime, I've moved to a different bit of the location I'm in, uh, like they used to do on the Years tapes in the 90s. Uh, and in the last 50 minutes, I have broken my collarbone, I've been captured by three South Africans, and I've sucked the innards from a potato. So in many ways, we've had the exact same experience. Um, now I'll tell you my favourite things from the Sontaran experiment. Part two. Uh, so my first of two favourite things from part two is the scene where Steyer uh, makes Sarah hallucinate and she sees the ground trying to swallow her up. I think that was probably the first time Doctor Who uh, terrified me. But at the same time, I remember being fascinated by that effect of the ground moving and the sound of it. At the same time as being scared, I wondered how they did that. Um, and again, isn't, just, isn't Elizabeth Sladen just wonderful? Um, and my second of two favourite things from part two is the effect when Steyer's head deflates. Again, how did they do that? I thought to myself. Um, and it's a really lovely death that feels like it stands out now. Any old villain can get shot and burst into flames, but I really love seeing one just melt away into nothing. Uh, and my favourite bonus aspect of the story I thought it was going to be that it was all on location, but actually it's going to be that it's all on location and on videotape. I've been thinking about it as I've been wandering around, and I think, while you wouldn't want Doctor Who like that every single week, I really love that it's all on videotape. Yes, film is really atmospheric, isn't Spearhead from Space, Marvelous, etc, etc, etc. But there's an immediacy about videotape, it really leaps out at you. If you're watching something on film, things don't move the same way that they do in real life, in your living room when you're watching it. When it's on videotape, it does. It looks exactly the same. There's something that um, that grabbed me about that a bit more. Um, I really loved it. Well, I think that wraps up the Sontaran experiment, doesn't it? Thank you very much. It's been lovely to speak to you, Toby. Bye-bye. Oh, isn't he lovely? And... Um... Well, I mean, he. Got, I, I started well. I got one in episode one, and then I was a complete failure there. I've got to. Um, I think I've got. I've. I've got to keep my eye on what I choose because I chose two really boring things, and that what 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 uh, he chose was much more 
interesting. Uh, I've got to keep my eye on that. I, I failed there. Um, and Tom rightly, I think, is victorious um, in, term, in, in whatever, however, the rules of this work, which I'm not, not quite sure of yet. Brinkmanship. Um, his character, Peter Fleming, is utterly charming. He is a love letter to the sort of telly that people who like what we like um, uh, love. Uh, and, it's, and it's not cynical. It's beautifully performed. He's very lovable. He's just launched a podcast uh, featuring the character as well that's really nicely put together. Uh, so it's that's yeah Thomas as 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 Peter Fleming is highly recommended um, if uh, if you like your archive telly and also you have a sense of humour. Um, it's, it's such a sweet character. So thanks to Tom, thanks to you for joining me on my sofa to watch the Sontaran experiment. Um, uh, let's um, let's let's do this again. You know, don't go changing. You understand? Uh, I'll see you next time. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, if any of your viewers at home would like to see uh, anything else I have to offer um, please do look up Peter Fleming on Twitter he is my comedy character he is an entirely fictional retired BBC children's pioneer whose classic shows like Professor Zaney's Mad Laboratory and Nicholas the Mischievous Cupboard have all sadly been wiped from the archives, uh, presumably by mistake, and he's determined to find any copies again. Basically, if you're watching this, you'll, you'll probably like it. Um, unless, as I've uh, referenced before, if you, uh, if you live in Derbyshire. But statistically, that, that seems unlikely. Peter Fleming can be found at at Peter Fleming TV on Twitter. That's at Peter Fleming TV. And his real-life alter ego, Tom himself, Tom Burgess, can be found at tomb underscore urges tomb underscore urges on twitter so tomb urges and peter fleming tv are the two places to go if you've enjoyed tom's contribution and want to see more of him which you definitely should for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Hayden. My special guest was the comedian Tom Burgess. Next time on Happy Times and Places, we've got a beetle stuck in our sliding doors. It's turn left. The music was by Dave Gates. Special thanks go to Chris Boyle. And the artwork was by Dylan Patterson. go to www.tobyhadoke.com for more and don't forget to rate thumbs up and generally be nice about this podcast everywhere that you possibly can it's easy for you and it helps me and i'm very grateful you can support these podcasts and any other of my broadcasting endeavors at patreon.com forward slash toby and ko-fi.com forward slash toby patrons get special goodies and advanced releases and my eternal gratitude 
Doctor Who is BBC copyright and no attempt has been made to infringe that copyright. Please subscribe to the official Toby Haydock YouTube channel.